Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Made Motherly podcast, where you can find support and encouragement in all early stages of motherhood, from the first to the fourth trimester and beyond, into those early years of motherhood with a toddler from a faith-based perspective. My name is Brooklyn, and I am your podcast host. Hey everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for episode number seven. I am here with one of my very best friends, Jessica Bunn today. Hello everybody. And she is going to walk through with us her very first pregnancy and um, childbirth experience. And I'm just so excited to have a conversation with her. And I really hope that something she shares today can either help one of you or, you know, give you insight to something that maybe you can prepare for or towards with your experience that's upcoming. So Jessica, why don't you go ahead and get us started today? Alrighty, so um, I gave you a long list of things that I could talk about because I have done this twice now, so there's so many things, but one thing I thought I could talk about was um, my first birth story. Um, so my four-year-old, now, oh my goodness, he's four, he's in DPK, crazy, um, um, but anyways, his name is Sims, and he's so precious, so sweet, such a good little boy, so smart, um, so thankful for the gift that God gave us. So I guess I'll just start by saying like um, that pregnancy was very, um, very routine, very healthy, um, very like, you know how you go to your OB appointments and they're like, okay, blood pressure, great, heartbeat, great. Yeah. Any questions? And I'm like, uh, nope. (laughs) And they're like, okay, great. We'll see you. We'll see you later. Which, you know, that can be good or bad, but that's a whole nother that's an that's episode number eight. <laughs> Sorry, I will not wrap the trauma. Anyways, but I didn't know, so I was like, yeah, sure, I don't have any questions. Let's let's wrap this up. And um, plus, going to appointments with Anderson, oh, he had to like make a joke about everything. So I was like, you know what? The quicker we can get out of here, the better. So, anyways, just routine pregnancy. Well, when I got to the third trimester, I realized that I am not a fan of being pregnant. And I always felt so bad feeling that way because, you know, some women obviously can have a hard time conceiving and I felt so guilty, like, I should not feel this way. Like, I should be loving, like, every, but I just didn't. Like, I did not enjoy being pregnant. And um, I will say that I wasn't experiencing anything, like, super challenging or difficult it was just like I was ready to have my body back I was ready to sleep I was ready to feel like myself I was ready to wear normal clothes it was hot like Sims was born in July so I just you know I was over it and so we got to our 40 week appointment and I was like she's about to tell me hey be ready it's coming soon no I was only dilated one centimeter and I remember just like starting to cry and feeling so discouraged because the way I was carrying him I was like oh the way he's measuring I was like surely I'm not going to make it all the way to 40 weeks well I did we made it all the way to like 41 and 5 I think is when we finally got to go to the hospital so 
my OB checks me and she's like, obviously, um, you know, you're only dilated this far. Like maybe we should go ahead and start talking about an induction. And so she goes into getting ready to give me like all this research about like, you know, there's some studies now that show like it's better um, not to go, like especially if your baby is measuring a little bit bigger, like not to wait on the baby and to go ahead and induce. And I remember interrupting her and being like, ma'am, you can keep that research to yourself. Like where can we put this on the calendar? Like I'm ready to sign up like right now because that's how done I was. And I just wish I could look at that, Jessica, and say, that was so unwise. You should have let her finish what she was saying. Not only should you have let her finish, but you should have done your own research about what an induction could really bring, like what are all of the pros and cons, what are all of the possible outcomes, like what will the process be? But I was just so ready to be done that I, didn't, that I didn't care. And so I literally chose to like, just put myself as a date on her calendar. Let's get this done. Um, and I, even like in the birthing class that we, that we took, like induction was just kind of like glazed over. She didn't spend a ton of time talking about it. And so I don't know, I just was more focused on, I have to be done being pregnant than what should I let my body do? Um, and that kind of thing um, because I feel like and I know you've talked about this a little bit like your body is designed to do this and I just wish that I had had um, more patience um, more wisdom more information um, to let my body do what God like designed it to do so but anyways it was for me let's get this baby out and so on July 25th and I will say, one very good pro to being induced is I got to tell my mom, hey mom, we're doing this on July 25th, and she was able to go ahead and get her plane ticket and come down here. Um, those of you that don't know me, and probably a lot of you don't, I actually was with my parents for a while when I was little in a maternity home. And so my parents were the house parents, and so my mom was in the labor and delivery room a lot. Like a lot, a lot. I have known you for a long time now, and I have never heard that. Oh, yeah. Like, she taught the, it was called Lamaze back then. I don't know if they still call it that. She taught them Lamaze classes. She took them to all of their appointments. She was basically like a full time doula and just wasn't even certified. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so she was in the labor and delivery room. I can't remember the, the count that she gave me. I'll have to ask her. But very, very many women she was with. And so I was like, I like have to have my mom with me but she lives in North Carolina so I was like this is perfect like now I can tell my mom this is the day that you get to be there so anyways wake up at like three o'clock in the morning couldn't sleep so I just go ahead and like get in the bathtub that was the only place in late in my third trimester that was actually comfortable so I took a lot <laughs> a lot of warm baths and so I was just in the bathtub and I was just praying um, just super anxious, but like in a good way, you know what I mean? Like just really anticipating like what the day would hold. Like I was going to be able to hold my little boy by midnight in my opinion, you know? And so, um, we get up and we go, it was like 5.30 in the morning and I had put on a full face of makeup. Like I was ready for pictures. My hair was cute, like lashes, brows, everything, a full face of makeup. Okay. 
and so I was ready. Not to mention, I just want to insert that the pictures of Jessica when Sims was born, her face is flawless. Yes. It, it was my goal to look that good, okay? Because I, I don't like pictures of me, and I was like, the least I can do is, okay, so that's another pro to being induced. You get to do your makeup because you know exactly what time you're going to have to be there. So anyway, so we get started, and this is so funny to me. I get there, and the nurse tells me her name, and it is a very familiar last name. I was teaching kindergarten at the time, and so she's like, hey, I'm Erin Trout. I'll be, oh, sorry, I probably shouldn't have said her name. She don't care. And so she um, tells me her name, and I was like, do you have a daughter named Lorelai? And she was like, yes, I do. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be... I'm her kindergarten teacher. So it was like, hi, I'm your daughter's teacher. Okay, let's do your vaginal exam. So that was great. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like way to meet um, one of your students' parents. But she was wonderful. So um, so she starts the Pitocin uh, pretty much right away. So things are going. I'm fine. I'm happy. Like I'm chilling, like bouncing on the birth ball. Um, well, then around 8 o'clock is when the OB had it on her schedule. I want to point out on her schedule um, to come and break my water. So not like, oh, your body is ready for your water to be broken. I really want to iterate this. <laughs> like on her schedule, oh, time to go break Jessica's water on the way into the office. Um, because in my opinion, not to question her, she's a doctor, I am not. My body was nowhere near ready for my water to be broken, but I guess maybe that's just part of protocol. So um, we went from, after that, we went from zero to 100 in so many different areas. First, emotionally, um, fear took over because when she broke my water, um, meconium was present. So if you don't know what meconium is, when babies are born, um, they pass this really thick, like almost tar-like poop, and they're supposed to pass it after they are born, but for whatever reason, Sims passed it when he was in my womb. And so when she broke my water, meconium was present. And I'm not talking about like a little bit, like that junk was nasty and it was everywhere. Um, and everyone just kind of acted like, okay, this is normal, it can happen. And the doctor like went on her way. And so, um, so fear already had like stirred up in the room and then secondly um, pain because my body was responding to the Pitocin in a very negative way and so contractions are supposed to build and you're supposed to be able to like okay like I was able to breathe through this one okay that one was a little bit harder okay I couldn't talk through that one we're getting somewhere right like it's supposed to be like a steady build as you're laboring but when I tell you, mine went from, like, this much pain to, like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to die. Like, and I tell you that, like, literally, like, I literally felt like I am in so much pain. Like, I have to be dying. Like, that's how scary the pain was. And so my plan was not to get an epidural. Um, but me and my husband in that moment just felt like I physically can't do this. Like, I was, I was shaking. I was crying. I was, I was terrified. And so, actually, 
Aaron's dad <laughs> is Steve Newman, and he's actually like a big part of our church too. He's actually on the board, and so I was like, I am terrified of needles, but for some reason, like I trust him to do this. Like in my mind, I'm like, if if, if Anderson trusts him to to be on the board and like that kind of thing, I'm like, I should, I can trust him. Like we we're okay <laughs> with this guy, and so because I hadn't met him yet until this day, and so anyway, so he comes in, flawless procedure like top notch like didn't even hurt like I was like oh that's it we're done like I was expecting it to be just like this big traumatic thing and it wasn't like the man knew exactly what he was doing um and when I tell you that changed my experience from like oh my gosh I'm in so much pain and I'm terrified to like oh, okay we're gonna make it through this like I this is supposed to be faith-based this feels really bad to say but I felt so good that it reminded me of like days that I was living in sin and was like hi okay I'm sorry if that's too much but that's just how I felt like he had that epidural crank up so high that I was like I'm gonna take a nap like I remember telling my mom I was like mom this feels great like I don't know like why don't we just do this an hour ago <laughs> so um because was your original plan that route or was no, your original plan a my different route? original route was like I'm gonna I want to do this without epidural although I will put my husband on blast and say that in our birthing class the teacher had numbers one through ten like spread out around the room and she goes, okay, husbands, I want you to go stand on the number that you think your wife's pain tolerance is. I want you to guess what number Anderson Bud went to. Okay, I know what number he went oh, to. Oh, I've already told you so, this. you guys, before she says it, you guys, yeah, get a number yeah. in your head, guess, what and what, what do you think he said about Jessica? Yeah. So, my husband, who I love with all my heart, stands on number one. Like, this man didn't even give me, like, a chance. Like, I'm standing on number one. So, not only... Good job, Dad. Good right. job. <laughs> so, not only was it my plan, but I was determined to prove to him. I was like, and to myself, you know, because he knows me very well. So, I get why he went to number one. I can be a big baby. And so, I wanted to prove to him and myself, like, I can do this. So, no, it was not my original plan. And so... I just um, remember at one point, again, because I was I was very um, relaxed at this point, and so what they do once you have an epidural is they come and they keep um, rotating you, because you can't um, labor by doing all of the movement. Now, if you have an amazing doula that knows how to like work with you once you um, have had your epidural, then you're, you're good to go, because she'll, she'll know like what to do to help you move. I didn't have that. My mom didn't know what to do. I Like, here we are just in the hospital room. And when the nurse comes in and says it's time to move, she literally just rotates you from side to side, and that's it. And so at one point, they rotated me to my left side, and Sim's heart rate, like, dropped. Like, dropped, dropped. And so all of a sudden, there was, like, a swarm of nurses in the room. They, like, flipped me onto all fours because I was dysregulated as well. And so they finally, like got me where I needed to be, got Sims back, and so we realized, and I don't know if this was because, like, my water was broken, so you, you lose all that cushion, and so the umbilical cord um, isn't, like, free-flowing anymore, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's the only thing I can guess is that maybe he was 
pressing on that. But what's funny is when I held him as a baby, he did not like to be held on his left side either. So it's so interesting to me that he like freaked out then. And then when he was a baby, he always wanted to be on his right side. But anyway, so that was pretty traumatic because I'm telling you, it went from me, my mom and Anderson to whoo, all of a sudden just like a swarm of people. So, um, but once they were fine, once I was fine, it was just like, okay, like we just have to really monitor her closely because we can't keep like rotating her. Um, so I would say around like six o'clock, um, the doctor came and um, checked me and she was like, okay, it's time to push. And because I had been pretty much napping all day, other than that one traumatic experience, when it was time to push, I had plenty of energy. Like my epidural was so like on point that my mom was like watching the like contraction thing and she was like, you're having a really big contraction right now. Do you not feel that? I was like, no, I don't feel anything. <laughs> and so, um, of course, they have to turn it down so you can feel what like your body is doing. But even at that point, because I had rested so much, like I felt like, okay, I have all this energy. Like I can, I can do this. And so I only had to push for 45 minutes. And it's a lot of work. Labor is a lot of work. But like, it honestly felt like a breeze because I was so like well rested. Now one thing I will say is that I did not really know how to push. Like I needed a lot of like coaching on like what should my body be doing? Like what position should I be in? But again because of the epidural like my only option was like on my back with my knees up and that that was it. And so I feel like um there's just so many, so many things that I went into this, like, not knowing, and, like, if I had known better, or if I had used more wisdom and done more research, because it was my first baby, and so my thing is, is, like, um, I would never, ever in a million years go the route of induction, um, because we learned the hard way that it wasn't good for me, it wasn't good for Sims, and it definitely wasn't good for Anderson because now he here he is having to observe me like go through all these things. And even though I felt rested because I was so out of it, he had to live through like a really hard um, experience. And I feel like for some people, it can go smoothly and so routine, and then walk away perfectly fine. Um, but for us, like it was not a good reaction to pitocin. Um, my water breaking made me extremely uncomfortable and I gave up on like the plan that I desired and not only that but like we ended up in the NICU for seven days and that was because of the you know pitocin but like I also feel like I put my body under so much undue stress mm -hmm. going that route versus just being patient and waiting for my body to do what God designed it to do now I have a perfect four-year-old right like God healed him like I have forgiven myself um but I just thought it would be good to share like it's hard <laughs> your first pregnancy and you're just ready um for that baby mm -hmm. to be here and you just think oh like let me just trust this medication that they have developed like it's supposed to do what it's supposed to do like let's just do it and have a baby and I think for some people it's probably perfectly fine um 
but for me it wasn't and I just so wish that I had like stopped <laughs> taking a day first of all take it to prayer like you know mm-hmm. I for real like made this decision like in the moment and it just was not the right decision mm-hmm. to make for us mm-hmm. you know it just wasn't um we have our sons and we're all fine now um but I feel like that day could have gone so much differently mm-hmm. um if I had just slowed down <laughs> ask for wisdom seek wise counsel ask more questions um and that's just part of being a first-time mom too I think you know you don't know so you just mm-hmm. do what you feel in the moment sometimes so but that's pretty much what the day was like <laughs> yeah so um I feel like I want to add that <clears throat> excuse me that we don't share this story to um in any way shape or form insert any fear right. in anyone who might be pregnant right. But more as a tool, like this was her experience. Um, This is how, this is what led up to her experience. And this is what she wished she would have done differently. So I think more than anything else, it is is a a reminder, a little nudge to all of you to, hey, do your research. Are you seeing the best prenatal care provider for you and your family and your baby at this time? no okay maybe it's time to look for someone else okay maybe you are with the right prenatal care provider and they are making a suggestion to you whether that is a certain test that you don't want to take or whether that is you know a medical induction what whatever that looks like that can look like so many things maybe you do feel like it's the right provider for you but they're making a recommendation that doesn't sit well in your heart and in your mind Hey, do the research, ask questions. These providers are like, they are your provider. You are paying them for a service. Like they owe you to answer your questions. So don't ever feel like bad or guilty because you're asking them so many questions. There is no silly question. There is no dumb question. Like if you have a question or concern, you need to ask them. You need to voice your opinion and your concern. And so... Really, just take take Jessica's experience and 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 apply it um, in the way of, you know, I I don't want that to happen to me. Maybe that wouldn't happen to me. But if I don't want that to happen to me, um, what are some steps that I can actively take right now to make sure that it doesn't? Because it's their job to give you all of the information, and I'm saying like from day one to like mid delivery. Like this is just a side note. Like as I was pushing the OB goes, okay, I'm going to going to have to cut you. Like, didn't ask my permission. And as a first-time mom, I didn't know that was something I could say, like, no, stop, please don't, you know what I mean? And so I feel like to add to what you say, from start to finish, it's their responsibility to give you the information so that you can make an informed decision. And don't be like me. Don't interrupt them when they're giving you said information that they require you. Let them finish. And then take it to prayer. Because ultimately, for you and your husband, like you have to do um, what you feel like is best for you. Um, and God can give you so much peace about 
those decisions as well. Right, absolutely. And I do know, just knowing you, that now you have another little boy mm -hmm. and you had a completely different experience, like all together, you know, with him. And so I would love to have you back on sometime absolutely. to share that birth story, um, to be even an extra layer of comfort and encouragement to all of you who maybe you are expecting your first or maybe it's not your first and you had a traumatic experience like Jessica the first time and you want a different re result the second time or the third time whatever it may be so I'd love to have you back to yeah. chat about all the things yeah so if you enjoyed this please if you're not already following me on Instagram at made motherly please go follow me let me know what you thought about this episode I loved having Jessica with us today and we only have more special guests in the future so thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode we'll see you next time